Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I get to hand over the mic to my good friend, uh, Ray Rhodes. Ray, how are you doing today, brother? I am doing great, Dave. Welcome to your show. Yeah, yeah. It's so good to <laughs> be on my show today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited to guest host uh, and interview you. Yeah. The great Dave Jenkins on your show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ray, just by way of update, let, let us know what's happening with you real quick. Yeah. Well, uh, I was on your show just a few weeks ago, introducing my new book, Yours Till Heaven, the untold love story of Charles and Susie Spurgeon. And I am overwhelmed with the support that uh, that book has received, the warm welcome it's getting out there. Uh, you know, the Spurgeons are beloved and, uh, and it's just a joy to be able to talk about them and write about them. And thanks for having me on your show. That's that was great. I think you were the first one on the new book. Of I think course you're I am. yours. <laughs> always <laughs> first. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. Got to be ahead of the class or set the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Exciting to see what's happening on equipping you and grace. That's uh really good stuff. I mean, you're having some great interviews on here, brother. Uh, yeah. I'm blessed. Yeah. Very blessed. Yeah, for sure. Are you ready to get started with this? Yeah, let's do it, brother. You got to talk to us about a few things. Well, yeah, let's, let's start off. Uh, I know that, I mean, you're known the world over, brother, and folks know the details of your life, uh, certainly. But uh, in case there's someone listening today who doesn't know about you, why don't you give us a walkthrough, a summary, the cliff notes, if you will, of your life and uh, from childhood until the present day, give us some high, yeah. some highlights. Well, I was born to um, Jim and Betty Jenkins. Um, my father is a retired lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. He served for 23 years. Um, my mom was uh, worked, um, helped my dad as a physical therapist. Uh, she's really good at marketing and networking. Um, I've never met anybody as good as her at that. I've learned a lot from her, and she didn't even go to school. So she just learned by doing it, and God gave her a gift. Um, especially with people to connect with them. So um, I was saved by the sovereign grace of God at the age of five. We had gotten a little bumper accident and I just, I was a little bit shaken up and I knew growing, going to church, I had heard about Jesus in the Bible and just knew I needed Jesus. And I, I don't ever remember not following Jesus, although very imperfectly since then. Um, I remember at six having a, desire for ministry for the first time and that uh i rejected that fought against that for a long time until i was about 19 um growing up i played a lot of sports uh tennis football soccer um i uh i ran a lot um i started playing golf at the age of 13 um and i that pretty much took over we lived in a golfing community in the seattle area and um so I played all the time, played in high school, played in varsity, played in tournaments all over the West Coast. 
and let's see, uh, 19 started Servants of Grace, and uh, that was very awesome. Thought I knew what I was doing and uh, did not know what I was doing. Um, I, in my teenage years, I, I got, I was heavily involved in church and ministry, but when my parents got divorced um, around my sophomore year in high school, I started getting entangled in pornography. And it took a long time for me to get out of that from about my teenage years until probably my mid twenties. Um, I met my wife about six months or so before I met my wife, the Lord really convicted me about that and selfishness um, in a church service over the two Sundays. I just, I just said, Lord, help me to be the man that you want me to be. Six months later, I met my wife. Um, there's a lot that I could say about that, but just, just, you know, God, I just recognize my, my selfishness, my sinfulness, my need for Christ. And, you know, that really, um, set me on a better trajectory for, for my life. I, I felt so here I am, I'm preaching and living a double life. And I, that didn't make me feel good. Um, it made me feel awful. Most of the time, I just felt an incredible amount of shame and guilt and was really depressed. Um, so when I met my, before I met my wife, I was really a mess. Um, people today know me to be very disciplined and, you know, military kind of, you know, growing up around the military, I have like a military work ethic. Although one of my mentors says it's, it's more than that. I'm like, I don't know what that means. What's more than a military <laughs> work ethic. I just, I just try to be very efficient and work hard and do my best and, you know, leave it all on the table every day. Um, so I, I married my wife. We got married February 18th, 2007. But one of the, the outside of my salvation, that was really the best decision ever. Um, she is, you know, she's helped me through Bible college and seminary. She helps edit our magazine, which we started in 2014. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast. She taught me the basics of editing, even recording. You know, she edited this, this book that we're going to talk about. She's editing my other books. Um, so I, I'm very blessed by her. Um, she's a tremendous help to me. And um, not only that, just ministry-wise, but just personally, you know, we have great theological conversation um, about everything. So it's uh, pretty awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That's what a great story of God's grace, brother, and how the Lord's helped you to, one, he brought you to himself. And then secondly, just growing you and maturing you in Christ and helping you to overcome challenges and blessing you with a godly wife. I love seeing you guys on uh, social media. What a happy couple. You're, you're always smiling. She's always smiling. So, uh, I know it's always like that 24 seven, just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Grin and bear it with you. Right. Uh, no, that's, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, uh, well, you know, quite the athlete brother, uh, that's exciting. Uh, and golf, I think, is, I guess, if you had to choose a sport, would you say golf is your favorite? Yeah, you know, um, I, I love to play golf. I love to watch football. You know, I wish I had I had played football. I was pretty fast growing up. I mm -hmm. ran a 4 six forty and a 5.30 mile in high school. So wow, could, that's fast. I could cruise at 5.7, you <laughs> know. But, um, you know, I, I didn't like to get – I like to hit people. Um, but I, I didn't like to be hit too much. So that yeah. <laughs> didn't really work, work out. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say, you know, just, I love the thrill of hitting a long drive and seeing it go exactly where I want to go. 
um mm. that's uh that's fun so and peaceful out on the on a beautiful golf course uh well one more golf question i guess we should talk about your book uh, a little bit because that's uh that's soon to be soon to be released but uh, what's who who are uh, who are your favorite golfers on the tour these days? Yeah, I love Tiger Woods. You know, I don't love his uh, his lack of morality over the years, but I, I love him as a player. Phil Mickelson really mm-hmm. enjoy his his antics on the course. His uh, he hits it all over the place, and then he manages to recover and hit beautiful <laughs> short game shots. I love yeah. Rory McIlroy's golf swing. I think it's probably the the most majestic golf swing in in the game right now. He's a Georgia Bulldog, right? Uh, no. He didn't go to Georgia. No, no, he's from the UK. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I've got the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Brooks Kepka. He's kind of like hard edge. Um, he went to Florida State. Um, okay, so he's a Seminole, but you know, we'll forgive him for that. But he's he's you know kind of hard yeah. edge and love Jordan Spieth. He's just a down to earth guy. I love R- R- uh, Ricky Fallon. The interesting thing is, is that most, a lot of these guys are Christians. You know, you got Webb mm-hmm. Simpson, who's a solid Christian. He's, I think posted at, um, had an article at desiring God, um, and some other, other guys as well. So yeah, it's, it's Great. interesting. Well, uh, pray for, uh, tiger during this time of surgery, hospitalization and stuff that, uh, maybe he would, look upward to the Lord, but he certainly, he certainly displayed the sort of discipline and skill and determination and golf over the years. And uh, so, yeah, maybe the Lord will open his heart. That'd be a great thing. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about biblical illiteracy. Yeah. So that's a, you say that's a problem, right? Uh, and yeah, and not only the culture at large, but also among professing Christians. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's shocking, you know, 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves as a, as a, as a Bible verse. Uh, the most shocking one that people keep commenting on when I do an interview is 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Um, there's another <laughs> stat, there's another stat that's will blow your mind that, that, uh, some people think that Billy Graham, uh, wrote the Sermon on the Mount. He didn't? That's, no, <laughs> I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, I just can't believe that. I mean, the statistics are so, they're so alarming, you know, that, uh, and it goes, you know, to, you know, why we need a, to help. I think the average layperson really needs help there. I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I think they're getting the average layperson is getting absolutely hammered and they don't have the resources to be able to, like you and I do with a seminary education, they don't have those kind of tools, you know, so they mm-hmm. don't know how to use those. And um, so they, they really need help. Is it, do you think your book is uh, better for a new Christian or a mature Christian or will, will both find help reading yeah. your work? Yeah, I, I really, I really wanted to help both. Um, and, and here's why I, I'm trying to, take Paul's approach in the his epistles he starts out explaining you know the indicative and then the imperative and I think that is always um, and the indicative is mm-hmm. what Christ has done the imperative is what you know Christ commands and so I call that I call that um, I call the indicative you know the why and the imperative the how so I'm trying to take a both and approach and I think that is compelling and helpful because it starts with 
where real knowledge comes from, from God himself and his word. And it helps us to, um, helps the new Christian to learn not only how to read the Bible, but why we read the Bible. And it helps the mature Christian who needs a reminder, uh, maybe a pre, one of my friends said that this book was really helpful to them as a pre-basic kind of reminder where they, where he felt like he got in the weeds a bit too much. And this really helped him be more focused on the basics and helping people understand that. So I think that kind of thing, I think it's for both. And I, I really aimed it at both. I really wanted to help both the new Christian and the mature Christian, you know, the mature Christian to keep growing. I think mm-hmm. that we can get stuck and say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm growing, but I really we're cruising and we, we should never cruise in the Christian life. That's, that's the da- what I call the danger mm-hmm. zone. Um, yep. And the new Christian really needs help. So. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things I loved about your book uh, is that you, you laid down the foundation and then you, you were skillfully taught how to apply. It's very practical and it's outworking. And I remember years ago, uh, an editor told me that when you write a book, you want to, you want to love people. You want to serve people. You want to give them help. Uh, how can you know, you want to find help? You want to give help. And I thought that your book did a great job like that. The, Puritans were called physicians of the soul, which means they could help diagnose the problem, and they could also uh, they could also write the prescription uh, and how to apply the medicine. And I think you do a great job with that, Dave. I appreciate that about you. Uh, that it's just yeah, you give the foundational stuff, you give the doctrine, you give the 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 depth of that, and then you say you know here's the imperative, uh, and not only the imperative, but here's how to follow Christ. Here's how to follow the commands of scripture. So uh, I think that's going to be a benefit to everybody. And the, you know, the mature Christian can be presumptuous too. You can say, you know, I've read that. I know, I know that story. I'm, uh, this is my second year to do the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan. You know, I've, I've been reading the Bible for a long time, but I typically have not used plans. So this is my second year to use that plan. And I'm amazed every time I read uh, you know, there's like new information somebody put in the Bible the second time I read it. You know, wh- where'd that come from? I didn't know that was there. <laughs> and, you know, I've read the passage maybe 50 times in my life or more. And I didn't see it. I didn't, I, I missed something. And that's why one reason Bible reading is so important. And like you said, you can never just coast or cruise. Don't be presumptuous. You don't know the Bible. You can't exhaust the Bible. It's the mind of God. And uh, thanks, thanks for helping us to, it's kind of spurring us on to, to keep on studying, keep on learning how to, learning God's word. I mean, how, who can, who can exhaust the mind of God? Yeah. No one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but the great, the great Ray Rhodes saying that, I mean, the great Ray Rhodes, you know, he, he wrote a, he wrote a very, very kind, encouraging endorsement. I was very humbled by that brother. Well, his endorsement, uh, I've heard, is probably one of the main reasons folks are buying the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Can't forget Pre- that. Pre-ordering. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pre-ordering sure. the book, right? For sure, for sure. Well, I want to I interact some different kinds of questions in between the specific uh, content questions. Tell us about your publisher and uh, how that process went, your, your whole, yeah. you know, just, a, just a summary on how the process worked with your publisher and a little bit about your publisher. Yeah, well, Hassad and Emmett is a publisher out of Canada. Um, they're uh, apparently one of my friends in Canada says they're, they're the crossway of Canada. And 
they are they do they publish really good material for the layperson on up to the for the academic people find a people like you know you and i um that yeah. but also that want to reach the layperson so they're really committed to that um you know chance faulkner and mm-hmm. Corey hughes they're doing a really good job of producing really solid uh reformed content and uh that, that's really a blessing um to be a part of them i was actually introduced to them by a friend of mine um i didn't really know who they were my friends like uh well you should send it to them and i was like cool so <laughs> what's funny about that is within like three or four three hours four hours i got this i sent in the proposal and it got approved and i was like well that's what? amazing i was <laughs> like wow uh I, in fact i had a party in my house you know it was like 10 or 11 at night when i got the letter and i start jumping up and down and my wife's like what is happening with you you have lost your mind and then i was like well i got a i got a book contract she's like no no <laughs> no way and uh, so um the process was uh well i i like a ding-a-ling i am I, I, you know, had wrote too much in the start of the book. I was on pace to write like 500 pages. You know, I'd written wow. like 660,000 words. And it, work. and it was like, I was like, I was like, brother, uh, I told Chance, I was like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm trying to be like John Frame here. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, don't do that. I was like, so I ended up, I had ended up in the half of the book reaching my word limit, which is 40,000 words. Mm. You know, so I'm already on page pace to write like an 80,000 word book. And so I had to go back and rework it, cut, cut a lot down. And that was, that was good. Um, because it, 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 this book is only, this book is maybe under 40,000 words. It's, it's, um, 90. Well, with the scripture references, it's, um, it's about a hundred pages. So it's really, I really wanted it to be for, it's not a booklet. It's, it's a, you know, it's a small book, um, mm-hmm. but it's packed as it's packed with um, examples. It's packed with, you know, tons of tons of scripture. There's probably over a hundred plus scripture references in here um, and practical help. But yeah, the, the process of editing, it was kind of brutal. Um, I learned so much about that with, you know, I've written tons and tons of articles for all sorts of places, but editing a book was totally different than anything that I'd ever done. It was uh, pretty, uh, it was pretty exacting. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I both learned a lot in that mm-hmm. process. And we've been, you know, um, she's been editing my articles now for over a decade and we've been, you know, editing our magazine for about seven. So we thought we had a pretty good idea of what was happening. Uh, we really didn't have any idea of, about this. So we both learned, I learned a lot. And um, just to be as precise as possible, to be as precise and concise as possible, but also making sure that your your main points are are clear and um, to convey a, um, when you're writing to the layperson, you know, you're using not simplistic language, but simple language so that they can you know, grab hold of it, but also learn. So you're not talking down to them. You're talking with them, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I really, uh, really mm. try to do that. And I almost felt, I kept telling my wife, I'm like, there's nobody that's going to enjoy this because uh, <laughs> it's just so basic. It's just so basic, but uh, I'm just, I've been uh, really blown away so far by those who have read it like yourself and others, they've really found help in it. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need, we need books like that. Uh, you know, we, we read all sorts of books in all shapes and sizes, but we also need a book that is, uh, you know, significant in its content, but it, it's not going to take us uh, a month to read. So uh, your book is, uh, I think a lot of people will be attracted to that. Well, here's a, a book, hundred, 125 pages, whatever. I mean, I can, I can take that with me. I can read that as I'm in the doctor's office or as I'm waiting in the, the Chick-fil-A line or whatever. I can read through that and, and find real help. I mean, I love doing that. I love having short works. I love having long works. And so I think that's going to be a real uh, benefit. And your publisher, uh, that's, you know, we're, they're the best kept secret in Canada, right? I, I think uh, they're increasingly becoming known and they're doing, I've, you know, looking at their website, they're doing fantastic work and some wonderful people, a part of that team. So I'm delighted. Uh, I don't think I've ever got approval for anything in three hours, brother. If I, <laughs> if I, if I'm asking if I can get cheese on my hamburger instead of the, <laughs> well, I've got to persuade for three hours. <laughs> that's funny. But con- congratulations on on that, and I know that's exciting. Getting a book contract is a is a big deal and very encouraging, very exciting, and a time for celebration. I'm really glad. It, you and your wife uh, did that. That's a worthy moment of, of celebration. So that's great. Uh, I know you're writing, um, well, you write all the time, all yeah. the different articles you're writing every month, along with stuff for your own website. Uh, what is your process? Uh, uh, I know we, we, get, we need to get to the book and maybe this is too far off track, but maybe just in a couple of sentences, what is your process for writing? I mean, do you get up at three in the morning and you write <laughs> uh, 200 words or what do you do? You know, this will kind of... Uh be interesting i think for people who wonder how does he write so much you know i spend a lot more time thinking about what i'm gonna write and then um then i just i type over 100 plus maybe 140 words a minute so it doesn't take me long to actually write my thoughts down which is why Mm -hmm. i could write so many words in such a little time like i can pump out a 2000 word article in maybe an hour or so you know like it's nobody's (laughs) business but you know, I really, I've really learned over the years to slow down and um, really think about like, what am I, like, I have to write a, an article on the state of the state of theology in the, in the church today and from church history. And I've just been thinking about that. And so I just think about like, what can be, what can be most helpful? Obviously, what, what's, what does the Bible say about this? Um, and then how can I, how can I help that person that's going to read the article, um, really understand, grab hold of the topic, what's going to be most interesting to them? And that's where I really think that using church history, uh, that really is, a, I think, um, a touch point, if you will, for people. People are really interested in historical examples. So the more examples that you can use in your writing, um, that will really draw people in. I mean, obviously, you got to balance that with scripture. So I'm not saying you're not scriptural. I'm saying that the examples can prove to illustrate, right. um, you know, biblical truth. And there's so many examples of that. Um, so I, I really think that I would really say to the new writer, especially even the seasoned writer, do that. Um, we, I was talking with Dr. Barrett the other day, 
and this episode that episode will go up but i was saying that you know this this kind of idea of using uh, church history is the most neglected thing in the in our day mm-hmm. and and using examples you know people today think well when they write i just have to blast off on whoever and that's just not helpful you know i've been guilty of that in the past um but as I've grown and matured, um, I really see the the importance of using examples, um, historical examples, mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, this is who stood up for this idea, and this is um, who you know is an example of this truth." Mm-hmm. And that really just kind of proves the argument. And where I see new writers or even some um, seasoned writers not do so well with that is they use general statements, like, for example, "Many Christians say this." Well. Don't ever say that many Christians say hmm. this because, okay, well, people will be like, what do you mean? What, where's the example? Mm-hmm. Instead, instead, use a personal example. Oh, you know, in my own life, I found this, whatever this thing to be true. Right. And then go into the, or, hey, this person, you know, from church history, they discovered, rediscovered this truth and it changed their life. You know, like Martin Luther, he rediscovered, you know, the truth of justification by faith alone mm-hmm. and uh, in Christ alone. And yeah. um, so, and, and sola scriptura. And, you know, that's a good example. Um, right. And so, you did that throughout your book. I mean, you, uh, I noted that as well, that you used historical examples. Who, who were some, uh, what's three of the, your favorite from your book that you use, uh, three examples you put in your book that maybe your favorites. I love William Tyndale, mm. I love John Calvin and, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Um, who was that last one again? Charles Spurgeon. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Charles well, those Spurgeon. are, those are great examples, brother. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that about you. I was, I've been listening. I listened to, uh, been listening to a number of interviews with David McCullough, who's written some wonderful books. John Adams, the 1776, a lot of American uh, history and biography kind of books, and and he he's just lamenting the lack of emphasis on history in our educational institutions, almost zero now. And uh, he is encouraging a return to studying history and history majors and whatnot. We need historians. We need people who have a we need professional historians and we need um, others who just are willing to do some work and learn about the Calvins and the Spurgeons and the Luthers and in, as far as Christian history, but also in American history, the John Adams and the uh, Thomas Jefferson's and, and those folks, or else we lose, you know, we lose ground. And the scripture itself holds up examples. You know, we are, there's the, the widow with the two copper coins. There's the church of the Macedonians who begged Paul to give. The Bible recognizes the power of human examples for uh, moving people, encouraging people, and challenging people. And thank you for doing that in your book. I thought that was uh, that was wonderful. Well, you talk about, and this is very Piper-esque of you, I think, <laughs> is uh, you talk about delighting in your duty when it comes to both personal and public Bible reading. And I like that. A duty without delight is not good. And simply delight without duty is not the right path either. But you wed these together, duty and delight. Give us a talk a little bit about that. Well, I guess the first thing to say is uh, I'm indebted to Dr. Piper. He's had an enormous impact on my on my thinking. You know, cr- the idea of Christian hedonism mm-hmm. um, and and those types of things. And I and I would say in a lot of ways I I, I emulate his you know warm and um, hopefully by God's grace his his very warm and gracious uh, Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's the way to be. 
He's a seven point Calvinist. He says so. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we, I think when people hear about Bible study today, this is where I'll go with this is what they hear is I have to do this. Um, almost as if it's, if, if I don't do this then God won't love me as much. Um, or you have people that say, and I've heard this, and I'm sure you have, well, if you tell people and you encourage them to read the Bible, then you're a legalist. So, I mean, A, we don't need people, um, A, we don't need people exhausted by reading the Bible. You have people that give up reading the Bible, and then they, they feel bad at the, at the beginning, you know, when they quit. You know, every year they go through this cycle where they feel exhausted by reading the Bible, and so they give up. So I think by talking about delighting first, what, we, what we're doing is, is we're getting them to understand that God delights over three things. He delights over you know, um, his people, he delights over his word, and he also delights over his church. So basically what I'm saying when I use that language, I'm saying this is what God loves. You know, he loves us, and he, he loves his word, um, and he loves his church. So those three things are things that we, we are, as born-again Christians and dwelt by the Spirit, we should, you know, love what God loves. And so God loves those three things very much. And so why wouldn't we want to open his word and study it and meditate on it? And why wouldn't we want to be part of the church? And, and why wouldn't we want to do all these things? Um, not out of duty, but out of delight, because, you know, God has given us a new heart. Um, with new desires and affections, and how are we supposed to train those desires and affections without being in His Word? And and how much, how are we supposed to grow corporately together under and by the Word, um, except by um, you know the means of grace and those things? So yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's important. That uh, it's the heart that uh, you know our affections, as Jonathan Edwards talked about. You know, he wanted to to raise, elevate. The religious affections. Uh, we want to love God deeply and love His His truth and His Word deeply, and then are responding to that by being obedient in our with our hands, our heart. You know, God gives, changes our heart, and from our heart comes our hands and our study. So that's that was a great section in your book as well. I think we've already we've already touched on the problem of biblical illiteracy, and you gave some great examples of that. What can what can a local church do to to change that trajectory to push back against? I mean, we I don't think we can assume anymore. I'm a pastor for a long time. Uh, when I was young, uh, every child that came into our church, they knew basic Bible truths. I mean, they knew about the Ten Commandments. They knew about Noah's Ark. They knew that God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, they knew basic Bible stories. We can't assume that anymore. I mean, we're meeting people today, children, adults, that, like you said, you know, I think Billy Graham wrote part of the, the Sermon on the Mount, <laughs> or maybe wrote it all. Uh, but how, how, do, uh, how can we push back against that? What are a couple of things that we could do right now? Well, I think that the big, the big thing is, is that the church um, has to be grounded in the Word in every phase of its ministry. Um, what, what does that mean? What I'm going to say is, is that, you know, we're convinced of expository sermons, sermons that are grounded in the text of Scripture, but it's not just sermons that are supposed to be grounded in the text of Scripture. It's, it's a life of the church. It's, it's how it loves, how it cares, how it 
ministers to one another and and all of those things all of it from the preaching to the counseling to the small groups to every single facet that's what i'm saying needs to be grounded in the word and it needs to have a goal you know it's not enough to just do those things we have to we have to love god and love one another that should be the aim of every local church right but what does that mean it means um, and I'm going to get to the question here in a second. It means that very practically, um, we have to not only help encourage people to read the Bible to, you know, and I think that starts with church leaders, you know, that's their pr- primary job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But it also very practically looks like providing opportunities for them to grow, um, where I think, I think one area where we can improve in is having a time where people can ask questions in our small groups um, Mm -hmm. and equipping small group leaders, um, having times where certain topics are addressed, um, maybe in a seminar or conference or something like that. Um, I know a lot of churches do that and that's to be commended, but I, but I also think um, we need to come alongside people who are struggling, um, who are really struggling, you know, and we're not talking about just reading the Bible, but they're struggling with harder portions of the scripture. And we need to encourage them to be honest about their struggle and not give up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, from small groups to preaching to counseling, we need to encourage biblical literacy. We need to um, just help people, you know, understand what it means to do life with God's people. I think there's a lot of good resources out there on that, but there's not enough where we're really zoning in on hey this is you know how i think what we have is okay here i'll go here um we have people that we have so many books that focus more on our witness what the church is to do but the, what the new testament does it always starts off with who we are our mm-hmm. identity our union with christ and i think that's a mistake and it also encourages biblical literacy yeah i like what you said about cultivating uh, an atmosphere where folks can ask questions looking for places to do that uh, remember i believe it was uh, donald whitney who wrote the spiritual disciplines books and he was my doctoral supervisor at, at seminary uh, he said at one of his churches uh, i think it was in chicago area where he pastored that uh, after Sunday evening services, they they had a building down the street from the church and they would, he would invite anyone that wanted to stick around to come down and just ask questions from the sermon for today, the sermons from the day. And he said the place would be packed. I mean, so many folks were hungry for an opportunity just to talk to their pastor and ask Bible questions, ask questions about the sermon. I mean, we, we pastors, we get up there and we, we do our thing and uh, we, we give them the theology. We, you know, exposit the word. We dazzle them with our application and we throw the big words around. And maybe we just assume that, Hey, of course they, of course they're getting this, but a lot of times they're not. And what opportunities beyond the Sunday morning service. And so that was a great idea Dave, to, create uh, places spaces even for folks to ask questions and i was thinking man i would have if i'd have been in his church at that time i would have been first in line down at the house to ask questions <laughs> you know so. um, when i led a bible study i did this we would we would focus on praying and mm-hmm. then we would focus on you know the teaching and then you know oftentimes i was done pretty quick and so 
I would ask questions and there was just so many questions. Um, and that's really where I started seeing the need for doing, answering people's questions and taking that to a podcast because yep. I just saw that that was a huge need. And, and what, and I wanted to do that to be clear for guys like you in the local church who, you know, may, may, you know, you have so many things going on. You just need to say, Hey, this is a solid resource, you know, that you, where you can get your questions answered. So that was really why I started that. Cause I yeah. saw that out of ministering in a local church. So I think that's great. Excellent counsel all, on all points. Uh, well, you got the guy that's, uh, you know, gets up at five in the morning. He's, he's working hard all day. Uh, he comes home and he's tired and uh, there are things to do at home as well. I mean, just being away all day at work doesn't mean things at home are all fixed when you get there and ready. And he's tired. He, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's mentally drained. He's physically exhausted. And plus, uh, you know, maybe he's, he's got his Bible. He looks at it. He, he knows he wants to read the Bible. He knows he should read the Bible. He should want to read the Bible. He knows he, he should read the Bible, but he's struggling uh, with with reading the Bible. Or maybe, you know, he's not that tired. Maybe he's just, uh, he's got a normal schedule. He comes home and he just doesn't know what to do with that. 66 intimidating books in one long, long book. So any any counsel, any encouragement? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is I'd want to just go back again and talk with this guy about delighting in the Bible what god loves and kind of go there and see what see what he thinks and and dig and probe in there but very practically i think um you know also starting at the beginning of the bible and working your way through that works for a lot of people it doesn't work for a lot of people right they Um, get stuck in leviticus (laughs) yeah they do but but understanding the point of leviticus i talk about that in the book um you know it's all about the holiness of god so understanding what you know and and coming having um you know, good Bible teachers, trusted Bible teachers. There's so many today that are, that are very good. You know, you got Alistair Begg, mm-hmm. you know, you had R.C. Sprawley, John Piper, um, John MacArthur, so, so on and so forth. And, you know, listening to them helps, but, but also I think the big thing and to emphasize the local church, you need to be listening to your pastor That's and, right. and um, spending time and, and, reading really reading the book that your pastor is preaching through i think is probably when i when i say that to people people are like why am i not doing that mm-hmm. but, but it's so practical and what i'm trying to encourage isn't um in the book isn't like you might think well he's he's wanting me to read the bible for hours on end i don't have time for that well guess what do you have five to ten minutes a day that's right start there Start there and and then grow um do you have time everybody has time if you drive to work Guess what? You have maybe 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, get, download the version app uh, and listen to it. You know, use it through your Bluetooth or your phone and listen to it. Listen to the Bible when you get ready in the morning and mm-hmm. then spend some time uh, responding in prayer. You know, the word and, and prayer are just so vital. Um, so many Christians, I think, are suffocating in their life in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Bible is uh, the, the Bible, Jesus says, is, is bread of li- bread. He is the bread of life. So it's bread of life to us, but it's also water f- for our thirsty souls, you know, and so many of us are so hungry and so thirsty. You know, we are searching for meaning and significance. And what God offers is, is that meaning and that significance, that sustenance, that uh that thirst uh to answer that thirst that we long for you know and and the holy spirit wants to take that word and and to apply it to our lives and to help us grow to be like jesus um 
So just very practically, just, you know, if you struggle with reading, uh, download the YouVersion app, listen to it five, 10 minutes. I do that myself. I find it to be really helpful. Um, you know, while I'm getting ready for the day, um, those types of things, I might not have time to read my Bible. So I instead spent time listening to the Bible and that just puts me in the, in a better frame of mind to start my day. You know, I'm just sending mm-hmm. my life, my day on Christ and the word and, and yeah. then spending some time in prayer or, and listening to good worship music and just uh, trying to feed my, feed my heart and my mind uh, for the day. And that just really helps me. Um, I, I just feel that at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really exhausted um, so starting off my day that way really helps me with just um, I'm going to spend the day writing about the Bible. So I better spend the day uh, with the Bible, with with the God who delights over me, you know, over those three things, over his word, mm-hmm. over me, over his uh, church and those things. Um, so I, I try to really uh, practice that. And, and along the way, you know, I am in the book. I'm very transparent about things that um, I've struggled with in my life. So what's your uh, what's your favorite Bible version? Um, I like the elect standard version or also known <laughs> as the English standard version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's several good translations out there, uh, but oh, I, yeah. I, I do like the ESV a lot. Extra special versions is another one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's fun. That's fun. I, yeah, I and I think that's a good that's a good one for someone that maybe not as familiar with uh, the Bible uh, to start with as well. It's not it's it's uh, maintains the integrity of the authors and the original languages, and it communicates in a very uh, winsome way. I think very positive way well dave uh uh what what is it about your book that is different i mean there are obviously lots of books out there i can't think of uh, top of my head but some of the titles but there are a lot of books out there about the bible uh, everything from the history of the bible how we got the canon of scripture to the uh how to how to you know do exegesis how to read the bible uh, what what's different about your book why should why should someone go out to uh, the local store or get on the internet and order your book yeah you know i think what separates my book there's two things one we talked about delightful duty Many books only focus on, especially on reading the Bible, they tell you how to read the Bible, but they never explain why you should read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. Um, we need both. And, but, you know, and there's lots of books on that encourage you to do life with God's people. But by combining them, what I'm trying to do is there's two, there's one big thing, and I've talked about it a little bit. Really, what I'm aiming in the book is to help us to focus on growing in Christ personally. Um, and that is where that is where we will address issues in our own lives, you know, the Holy Spirit will, so that we can grow to be like Christ, so that we can be effective servants for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's really the New Testament's balance between our character and our witness and the and the church's witness as well, because you know, we're individually made up of we're parts of the whole, you know, we're parts of the body of Christ, but individually We've got to focus on our own growth. We have a lot of issues, I think. And, and it, you know, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to put a pastor out of a job, but, you know, part of, uh, part of, you know, pastoral ministry is helping shepherd people, as you know, very well, you know, mm-hmm. and then addressing issues in their lives. But if we can get them to get in the word, you know, God yep. by his spirit will do what he does so well. He will bring conviction and he'll bring comfort and he'll, you know, bring the help of his grace and, so I'm not, there still will be shepherding work to be done, 
but our local churches will be so much healthier. They'll be mm-hmm. more thriving and, and people by extension will be able to, they'll, they'll naturally as they're growing in Christ want to serve Christ. You, you can't help. You can't help if you're indwelt by the spirit and you're growing in Christ, you can't help but want to serve Christ. You, right. you, you just can't, you, you can't help but talk about him because you love him. You, you find him to be the treasure of your soul, the delight of your soul. And what you delight in is what you'll, you know, you'll, you'll want to talk about, you know, so if mm-hmm. you, if you really do love golf or sports more, you'll want to talk about, you know, sports more. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't ever talk about sports, but that's right. what people hear when you talk about that. I'm not saying that right. I, even in the book, I'm saying some people uh, like Piper, they say you shouldn't watch TV because it's a complete waste of time. I don't think that's very helpful personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes an unnecessary distinction. And like I said earlier, I love Piper. So I'm oh, definitely yeah. not, he's, he's way smarter than I'll ever be, ever hope to be. The, the wattage yeah. upstairs is, is way greater than anything Dave Jenkins has. I, I assure you, but you know, um, but the thing is, is that, you know, I, I don't, the, I talk about this in the book, you know, we, we, um, you know, we don't not watch TV, but we don't prioritize TV. Right. So like, for example, um, I don't uh, watch sports over, you know, I don't miss church to watch sports. Right. I use the DVR and then watch sports later. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to, I know Piper's point is different um, than the one I'm making. I understand that. I want to be very clear about that. So I'm not critiquing Piper at all, no, but I'm, no. but I'm, uh, I'm just saying like, there's in the book, I talk about good versus bad distractions. And and the idea is, is that, you know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to go play golf or it's okay to play, to watch a, a movie or, or whatever, you know, as long as it's not totally. Or take me out for a steak or something. Yeah. Or take you out, but there's, there's bad distractions. So that would be like staying home from church to watch uh, the PGA championship or the masters or their, <laughs> or your, you know, your Georgia bulldogs or, or that's where we would say, okay, that's, that's crossing the line. Well, the Georgia Bulldogs are spiritual because they don't play on Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. well, uh, before we, before we wrap up with you telling us a little bit about some recommended places to, and I think, uh, some pastors, maybe some church leaders, some others who are just doing discipleship might think about buying your book by the caseload, you know, and, and passing those out to help people. Cause it, again, it's, it's not intimidating in its size and you write in a very winsome and a very practical way. And I think pastors would feel very comfortable handing that out and other church leaders to do that. So think about that, but I like to, uh, I mean, it's not my show, but if, if uh, one thing I enjoy uh, doing is asking folks some sort of popcorn, trivial, trivia, uh, not trivia so much, but maybe trivial questions. Go for it. <laughs> so uh, now that, now that you are a world acclaimed author and fame is uh, is your friend is is now your acquaintance, whether a friend or not, I'm not sure. Uh, so, what do you plan to do with this popularity, this the skyrocketing fame, the, the millions of dollars that are being thrown at you now, <laughs> as a as a publish as a writer, author of a Christian book? Um, are you going to use it to launch your next project? Uh, what is your next project? Well, first off, um, <laughs> you're making me laugh, but I also have to be pretty serious about this question. Yes, you know, the, I'll be, uh, I'm, I'm not smiling anymore. <laughs> I am. No, the uh, the thing is, is you know, if I, and I've said this before, if 
Uh, and this really comes out of a Bible study. I really recognize this. Um, you know, I had thousands of people read my articles and that's so humbling, but it, but it really got to my head. And, but I realized, hey, none of these people in this Bible study know anybody. And it hit me, you know, it doesn't matter how many times my article is read, how many times a podcast is read. And that really convicted me. So, you know, in all seriousness, if, if one person gets help out of this book, if a pastor buy this, buys the book by the caseload, oh man, that would throw my heart because really that's what I want to do is I want to help them be like, hey, this is a book that you can trust. It's a book that you can really read and, and benefit from. Um, so that would be an honor. Um, absolutely. Yeah. That would be well worth me writing the book. Can you announce your next title yet? Or no? yeah, yeah. The the next book I'm going to publish is with the the word matters, and um, that's going to be a follow up to this book. It's going to be on the authority of the Bible, really for the layperson, just understanding again what what the doctrine of Scripture is from the Reformation, and then how the Bible is under attack. Um, you know, Adam as a real person, a real history, uh, progressive liberalism. What is that? Um, you know, those types of things, um, biblical gender roles, sexuality, how are they under attack? You know, we're facing all sorts of problems from homosexuality to transgenderism. Yep. And the average lay person is just being assaulted daily by those things. And, and, the, and the church, so this is, again, where we get into examples, especially in the part two of the book. I use a lot of examples, a lot of church history, but also a lot of Bible. So I'm, I'm kind of doing some of the same types of things that you'll find in this book, weaving church history and scripture mm -hmm. quotes and interesting things and how the church is responding. So I hope that is a project I worked on from 2012 when I graduated seminary um, for about five years. But I, I rewrote that um, over after I finished this book, Free Grace Press with Jeffrey Johnson picked that one up. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And then um, I signed a, uh, another contract for with Shepherd's Press and their Lifeline series um, to write a book on contentment. So there's mm. some other things I want to write. Uh, I, I was encouraged by a very prominent theologian that I should keep maybe keep doing these kinds of books on the bible um so yeah. i was like wow okay that so i'm not sure what's after that um i want to yeah. number of things you know um christian struggle with prayer i'd like to write something on the high priestly ministry but maybe maybe something on along the same lines of this book on the gospels understanding the gospels and how they're under attacks as well and those prolific Prolific. You're going to be like Spurgeon, 135 books, 63 volumes of sermons, brother. So, uh, and you're writing good stuff. That's helpful stuff that's, that's needed. So uh, that that's good. Well, uh, what is, uh, who, who uh, outside of, you know, theology and, and uh, books about the Bible and, and uh, Christian living other uh, out of the Christian genre, what, what are some other books that you like, or just name one, maybe a favorite author uh, from another sphere um that's a good question that's a good question you know i i used to like to study you know literature and mm -hmm. read lots of uh, lots of that so you know the you know classics um you know those types of things but i, yeah. I don't really spend too much time reading fi fiction yeah to be honest my yeah, wife yeah. would love me my wife would love me to read fiction but yeah. my time is so um by the end of the day, I'm so tired. I yeah. I just don't read too much anymore. Um, 
but uh okay yeah, i love watching movies um, yeah so. so what's a good movie you've watched lately uh put you on the spot really, again there's nothing really all that great out right now but i yeah. love jason Bourne and mm. those types of spy you know cia yep. thrillers so, yeah me too those are yeah, those are good well, uh, so if if there are pastors out there and seminary presidents and Christian leaders that would like to to get this book, maybe in caseload, uh, or maybe just the regular the regular guy that wants to to get a copy to learn more about reading the Bible and how to read the Bible and why to read the Bible, all the things that your book does, uh, where where do you recommend? What's some good places to to get this? Well, Westminster Books is going to pick it up here soon, so they're going to carry it. And Good. Then, obviously, Amazon. I think wherever you find Christian books online, um, mm-hmm. H and E, I know offers a discount for churches. So I would say contact them if yeah. you don't know how to get all of them. You can email me at Dave at ServantsGrace dot org. And I've been telling people if you want your book signed, here's my address: Dave Jenkins, five one nine Southeast Kane Street, Unit nine three nine. Roseburg, Oregon, 97470. So you can send it to me. I'll sign it and send it to you. That would be an honor to do so. So Wonderful. And will that be in the show notes on our show today, Jack? <laughs> uh, yep, yep, yep. Whatever <laughs> I've, when I've done that on interviews, they're like, wait, you're giving people your address? I'm like, yes, send me the book. I'll Did sign it. Say- because you send me your social security number. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cre- credit card numbers. That's not my home address. That's my ministry address. Oh, oh okay, good. At the U.S. Gonna, post office. I was gonna show. I was gonna show up on your doorstep, brother, and uh, and you can and, have. Uh, I'll give you my address. You can show up. Demand a case of those books, all signed and inscribed with uh, flowery language. <laughs> <laughs> For you, anything, my friend. Oh, uh, well, brother, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I think this is the first time I've, I've hosted. I've been on a, a thousand podcasts, I guess it seems like, but it's the first time I've, I've been able to host a podcast or guest host a podcast. And I'm thankful it was on yours. Uh, you're doing great work, great website, uh, great writing that you're doing. Very helpful. Love author interviews. It's one of the things I'm looking for on, when I go online, I'm always typing in author, just type in generally author interviews. And I'll listen to almost anybody that's out there that's written a book. But you're, I mean, you are really, I'm very proud of your accomplishments. Uh, the Lord has opened the door for you to interview some some really wonderful authors, uh, myself excluded. <laughs> <laughs> you're wonderful too. Buddy. So thank you for your ministry. Thank you for writing this book. Uh, I hope that it will be widely received. It, when, uh, when is the launch day? Do you have a, March 15th. March the fifteenth. Hopefully, you're gonna you and your wife will have another party, right? For launch. Yeah, day. party, party. Woo, woo. Yeah, get. Uh, yeah, make it fun that day. Put it, put it out everywhere, and it's always fun to interact with folks on launch day. So do something special, brother, and we'll be watching on the internet for that. But thanks, Dave, for being on your show today. <laughs> Thank you for hosting, brother. You did a wonderful job, my former DJ friend. Yes, yes. And uh, many blessings and go Georgia Bulldogs. I have to say that for our mutual friend, Jeff Robinson as well. Go dogs. The one who won't (laughs) listen to the show. (laughs) I have to say that too to pick on him, right? That's exactly right. Pick on my brother, my my fellow Georgian. That's right. Good guy. Thank thank you, Dave. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.